Nicola Murphy, she's got a new backdrop. It's so exciting. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yes, it also took me like 40 minutes to find the mic. So I do apologize. I'd say the room is very echoey. So I am sorry. I will try to do sort something better for next week. <laughs> Listen, Nicola, it's you're here. That is the main thing. You're been working hard. You are working your fingers to the bone. Mm. Moving house. But it's great. It's true. Tell us about the excitement. Oh, yes, I'm just very tired. <laughs> um, no, all good, all good, all great. Yes, living in a new home now, which is lovely. Um, you do that exact same thing that I do, which is when you're stressed about something and someone asks you about it, you go, yeah, grand. Yeah, yeah. and it's like, don't want to fucking talk about it. Just fuck off. Don't ask me about it. I'm so stressed about it. <laughs> you might as well no, be it's funny. That. I'm not actually stressed. I'm just very tired. Very, very tired. Doing mm. it at like six and a half months pregnant is not the best idea. I would tell anybody no. maybe don't move when they're prego. But um, and I'm not sleeping. Yeah, and so many people do it. It's yeah. terrible. Like yeah, loads of people. Yeah. Loads of people do it. Yeah, it's because that, like having a baby focuses your plans, mm. you know. Yeah. But we could have done it earlier. I mean, our house was originally supposed to be ready in August. We didn't move till February, five, six months mm. later, you know, which is mad, like, because mm. COVID obviously delayed everything. But uh, yes, um, yeah, and I just haven't been sleeping because I've developed carpal tunnel, which is another joy of pregnancy. So my whole right arm is like constantly aching and killing me. So, mm. oh, yeah, and I've pregnancy sciatica too. So, yeah, I just feel like I'm physically falling apart, but like, Mentally, actually, not too bad <laughs> compared to where I was <laughs> a few weeks ago. And it is lovely to sit, yeah. sit in one's new house and be like, I own this, I own that, I own this. I know. <laughs> and when you mark a and wall or something, lovely. it's like, oh, we marked it, but it's my house. I can go fix it if I want, yeah. or I can leave it there if I want, and I don't have to worry about it, you know? So, yeah. That side of I've it. I've got better lovely. about that stuff as well. Yeah. Like, I don't know like the first thing we bought for this house was the big dining table and I scratched it myself <laughs> within two weeks and it just was a great lesson in like you know I'm always giving out about like oh I can't have anything fucking nice because the kids fucking destroy it or I can't enjoy it or I have no time or whatever right and then I destroyed this thing myself <laughs> and I was like that's what you get now for being a money bitch and also it's kind of like well it's only things you know try not to get too caught up in things mind you there is stuff around the house if the kids break it I will lose my freaking mind but um, <laughs> I better not say those things out loud mm-hmm. but yeah it is that it is a bit of a joy when you're like oh do you know what it's, it is what it is we're here for the duration now or for the foreseeable and yeah. We'll fix things if they break and move along. Oh, and all yeah. That. But it's looking fantastic. To, uh, I'm just trying to slow myself down because I feel like I am one of those people who, you know, would like to have as much done as possible in a very quick amount of time. I'm yeah. actually all right with like, like the everyone. baby room and stuff, but it's more like furniture wise. Like we don't have any bedside tables and I find it really weird. Like it's actually throwing off my sleep, not having something next to the bed, it being empty at both sides of the bed. I don't know why. Because <laughs> I think in our old mm. house, we had like a kind of a pillar that came out a little bit. And and then we had a bedside locker. So it was very snug. Like the first foot of the bed was like kind of mm. in the wall, you know. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm finding it really weird to have nothing to my side. Yeah, it's really funny. Mm. So I must. And then like bedside lockers. Jesus Christ. I like trying to find a nice bedside locker is like. Some it took me ages. I got mine on. Yeah. Um, 
Duns. Yeah, they're lovely. Ones. Mm, they're lovely yeah. as well. But um, and that's it. Then you don't want to buy something that doesn't go with the house and stuff like that, too, you know, because we don't know. know what we're going to do. And yeah, so, it's so this hard. is it, actually. And I, that's the funny thing, like even those lockers now, I'm a bit like or bits like tables or whatever you want to call them. They're nice, but I'm like, do they go with my room? I'm not sure. Oh, I like them. I think they're lovely. I saw you one know, I saw them like, on sale. Actually, I scratched one a few weeks ago. I was like, oh. <laughs> it was really, really The thing is, it's like, you have this kind of pressure as well of like, I want it to be perfect and you yes. don't want to compromise. Yeah, and yeah. then that causes this sort of decision-making paranoia slash you're like paralyzed yes, in decision yeah. making because you're like, what if this doesn't go with, because there's this other bit of furniture I want to get and what if it doesn't go with that bit of furniture? And and I think sometimes you kind of just have to break the seal and go with it. Yeah, I don't want to get something that I hate just for the sake of it. So it's kind of more like you need mm. to put the thought into it. So I've ordered a shitty little kind of just side table for the moment that'll do me for a few months to yeah. decide what I want. Got the little black Ikea tables. <laughs> We've had them for years. So yeah, just do yeah. them in the garage here if you want them. Yeah, this is the way it goes but yeah look like that you need to take your time with it a bit like Rob wasn't built to the day the bank isn't bottomless the budget isn't bottomless like you need to give yourself a bit of a chance mm. like and you're there for good you know for a long time hopefully so um, yeah. don't put so much pressure on yourself I know and we're sure look we're here nearly a year now at the end of May and we've only just sort of finished the living room and it's not even finished yeah, I still have to do lovely. curtains and pictures and stuff mm-hmm. but it and if you'd said to me last May, this won't be done for a year, I'd be like, shut up, no way, like this will be done. And it just take, took so long between getting, you know, um, tradespeople and things agreed and stuff made and all of that. Like it just is a long process and you have to kind of, you know, be realistic mm-hmm. about it. So, But anyway, congratulations, wonderful news, happy you're there and long and happy days in that house. Thank you so enjoy. much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And Baba and Lily. Yeah. yeah. So we didn't even say hello. Hello, listeners. Uh, welcome to Fox Wars 5. Um, we weren't around last week because it was midterm break and everything was a bit mad and chaotic. And poor old Nicola was like in the throes of, well, she was buried under boxes, basically. Um, and I had a sick child as well, which wasn't great in our house. So it was all a bit frantic. So we t- decided to take last week off. But we are back with five things you need to know this week. So we better get, get rolling. Do crack on. I'm going to find my notes wherever I put them. Oh, here we go. Number one. One. Okay, this is an article by Sarah Gill on RTE. I thought it was quite interesting and it leads me on to something that mm. I might have mentioned on the podcast before, but I'm not sure. It's quite a long piece, so bear with me. Some of my other items are a bit shorter today, so a lot of work I'll find. Um, so in 2004, broadcaster Sandy Toxig penned an article for The Guardian that confronted the phrase necessity is the mother of invention for its failure to consider that the inventor may well have been a mother themselves. Recounting an experience from her days studying anthropology at university, she recalls her professor holding up a photograph of an antler bone with 28 markings on it and telling those gathered that it is alleged to be a man's first attempt at a calendar. Tell me, the professor counted, what man needs to know when 28 days have passed? Mm, I've heard of this before, actually. It's very interesting. I suspect this is a woman's first attempt at a calendar. It's no secret that we're living in a man's world and that pretty much every structure society operates within has been put in place by the patriarchy. However, as more women are elected into positions of power and we're seeing greater variety of visibility within the years of politics, STEM and mainstream media, a misconception is creeping in that gender equality has already been won. 
though we may be making strides in the right direction, there is an insidious um, to widely accepted and thoroughly ingrained practices that we don't even realise are crafted with only men in mind. Take our daily routines, for instance, the nine to five working day. The human body runs on a 24 hour internal clock known as the circadian rhythm, which regulates our sleep wake cycle. Basically, it makes sure that our body processes are optimised at peak times throughout the day and is heavily influenced by external cues like sunrise and sunset. We've talked about this when we were talking about, you know, winter blues and all that stuff. Mm. In general, the same hormones can be found in men and women, but their levels fluctuate in hugely different ways. So for men, testosterone and cortisol levels peak first thing in the morning, leading to heightened focus, higher energy and greater feelings of confidence. As the day continues, they dip which means that time they need to refuel and engage in some positive socialization. Once achieved, motivation and productivity continue to be the priorities until, testro- to, blah, until testosterone reaches its lowest point and a quest for calmness and recharge sets in. So that's the kind of way the day goes. So essentially, it's been designed to cater for the needs of... The working day has been designed to cater for the needs of men whose hormone cycle is consistent with that of the sun. The female hormone cycle, on the other hand, is much more consistent with that of the moon, fluctuating through many different phases that often leave us feeling fatigued when operating within the confines of nine to five, uh, the nine to five productivity cycle. So those who menstruate usually between the ages of 12 and 51 also operate from another internal clock referred to as the infradian rhythm. I hadn't heard of this before. Spanning the 28 day menstrual cycle, the phases we move through are menstruation, follicular, ovulatory and luteal phase. And throughout the course of the month, energy levels, metabolism, immune system and mood can all be affected. Week to week, people operating on infradian rhythm are likely to feel physically, mentally and emotionally different based on where they are in their cycle. Just as men's energy and hormone levels rise and fall throughout the day, women's uh, fluctuate throughout the month. Premenstrual tension, moodiness, cramps, headaches, tenderness in the breasts, the hangers of being a woman are felt by 51% of the population, yet we continue to thrive within a working system that doesn't have menstrual health policies policies in place, regardless of the fact that over 70% of women have needed to take time off due to period pain. Uh, in 2019, British author, journalist and activist Caroline Criado Perez wrote a book entitled Invisible Women Exposing Data Bias in a World Designed for Men, in which she provides an incredibly well-researched account of the gender biases that range from the inconvenient to the deadly. I read this book. I read maybe half this book and I had to mm. stop because I felt like I was being ra- radicalised. I was so angry reading this book. Oh, my God. When you just see in black and white how fucking screwed over women are getting continuously just by the world, by the system, by the by Mm -hmm. everyday life. Um, Back to this article. Beginning her research, she found that medical information surrounding heart attacks was being was based purely on the symptoms displayed in male patients, resulting in early warning signs in female cases being considered atypical. She shone a light into the female-shaped gaps across the board. In an interview with the BBC, she said, we're so used to thinking of men as the default and women as a sort of niche, a variety of men. So much of the world around us has been built for this hypothetical man, from the phones we hold in our hands to the cars we drive. She uses the term one-size-fits-men when referring to gender blindness in the tech world. The average smartphone measures between five and six inches long and they're only getting bigger with each new model, making them too large for the average woman to comfortably hold in her hand, never mind fit in her pocket. Just last year, a Twitter thread went viral pointing out a number of these injustices that go largely under the radar. Cars were not built for women. Uh, For a long time, test dummies were based on an average male body, which meant female drivers had 47% higher chances of serious injury than their male counterparts. Even Jesus, even that is mental. Yeah, there's a big bit in the book about um, seatbelts 
And if you ever, how many times have you sat in a car and the seatbelt is cutting into your neck? It's supposed to be across your chest. Yeah, or your boob or whatever <laughs> yeah. as well. Like, I don't think it's boob friendly. You know? um, even now, <laughs> the female dummy is usually a smaller male dummy uh, than the male dummy, but that doesn't account for difference in the centre of mass, different organ placements, etc. In addition, uh, this is about um, CPR mannequins and stuff. Um, oh, sorry, this is the crash test dummy they're talking about. Even now, the female dummy is usually just a smaller male dummy, but that doesn't account for the difference in the centre of mass, different organ placements. Um, in addition, protective equipment doesn't account for seating differences, i.e. women typically sit close to the wheel because of their shorter legs. From CPR training mannequins not taking breasts into account to office temperatures being on average about five degrees too cold for female employees, we're all still very much living in a man's world. That book is unbelievable. Yeah, it goes on about like town planning as well and how certain journeys are planned for your sort of atypical person and they actually discriminate against women because women will have more drop-offs than men so they'll have to change more buses more that you know they cater for people going from a to b rather than a to b to c Mm. stuff like that you know um fascinating and and i mean not oh we think this is what's happening like proper statistical information and data that says this is what's happening. Women are being discriminated against continuously, you know. But anyway, as I say, I had to leave that book behind because I was getting radicalised. I may go back to it someday when I'm feeling a bit calmer, <laughs> when I'm less pressure in my life, whenever that might be. Um, so, yeah, I just thought it was interesting. It's another thing to think about, you know, not to piss everybody off first thing in the morning, but, um, or whenever you're listening to this. But, um, yeah, just interesting. It's a man's world. I was... Um listening to a podcast as well recently and they discussed all the scientific discoveries that women made over the last hundred years, if not longer, and how like in many cases it was the husbands who got the credit for it. Like a lot of people were in the same field. So they were in the same medical field or in the same like astrology or whatever it may be. And how so many times, although it was the wife's discovery, mm. it was named after the husband mm. because, um, well, like, it wasn't cool, because, sure. you yeah. know, the whole, yes, exactly. And it's only now in the last 20 years that a lot of it's coming out about like who actually discovered a lot of these massive things in our lives. Mm. And yeah, it was mental, very depressing. Yeah, actually, funny <laughs> enough, I read a story there recently as well about, I think the Brooklyn Bridge was being built and the lead engineer got really sick. And his wife took over the project and basically built the whole thing. But like there was major controversy. They didn't want to acknowledge that it was sh- that she did it and mad stuff. Yeah, sure. There's hundreds of those stories. And like the thing is, like for those women that did those things, like it's not like it is nowadays, like they were not accepted. No. So they had to fight even harder than all those men. And in for a lot of situations, they, they just coming. like did the thing. And then because they were up against it, they just didn't, there's nothing they could do about it. They just had to be like either mm. had their name swept under the carpet or didn't talk about it for years or whatever, you know. So, yeah. So let's hope more of those stories keep coming out and they get a bit of recognition uh, where they deserve it. So, yeah, there you go. Mm. Over to you, Nick. Interesting. Number two. Two. Uh, I'll be very honest. I haven't watched much no, telly in the last week. I haven't even watched Love Island. I went oh. totally off it. Only watched the first two weeks. I haven't even watched it this year. So, mm. you know, my um, <laughs> what's the word? My Love Island um, mojo. You know, smugness oh, about yeah. yes, 
no, but maybe I have a smugness about not watching it this time, <laughs> although it does look like it's kind of drama right at the moment, so I might dip in. Um, I don't think it's doing as well as the, the regular we, summer one, you know, in terms of list or viewers. See, I find, I think it's quite um, hard for people to watch it when we're in the depths of depression yeah. in January and February and, yeah. you know, it's cold and wet and yuck outside. Yeah, like, agree. Anyway, um, but they are talking about it, um, an all-star one, which I think would be brilliant. Mm. Like people like Maura Higgins and stuff, now they'd have to pay her a fair penny, I'd mm. say, for her to do it. Mm. But it would be brilliant. I would definitely watch that. But anyway, we did go to the cinema. So we did actually go to the cinema mm. in the last week. We went to the new Marvel movie, which I know I talk about Marvel once in a while on here. And probably don't know how many of our listeners mm. actually would watch the Marvel stuff. But um, I think the general consensus is just... What did you go to see? Uh, the new Ant-Man movie. So it's like um, kind of the start of the next theme of all the next movies and stuff. Kind of the baddie and the, this is the baddie for the next like four or five Avengers movies. All right, or okay. Whatever, you know, so. But there is, um, yeah, it was funny because like, I enjoyed it. It was grand. Like Paul Rudd is the main character. Obviously, oh, we love He's a bit of Paul Rudd. to watch, yeah. you know. And uh, Michael Douglas is um, like his partner's dad in it. And he was very good in it, I have to oh. say. And I watched them on Graham Norton and I got a good laugh. They were on Graham Norton as a uh-huh. last week, which I've started rewatching lately. Yeah, and me it's too. Good it's again. Weird. I think Graham Norton went kind of a bit stale for a while. The and celebs, it's definitely good again. The I think. celebs he get are oh, unreal. 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 Like A-list, A-list, yeah. A-list. Like it's unbelievable. Mm. Yeah, they... Did you see last week and he Judy Dench and Hugh Jackman and Hugh Jackman got all emotional and all I saw a little bit I saw only a little bit of it where he Hugh Jackman was like telling a story about Judy Dench or something it was quite funny Um, bless her she's getting really blind as well the poor thing um, yeah she's saying she's to learn a yeah. lot of her lines off by heart like something like she said listen and mm-hmm. learn them she can't read mm-hmm. them so it's mad yeah. but she she did discuss that in it as well mm-hmm. but um, look if you've kids and stuff they'd probably enjoy it but in terms of like being a diehard Marvel person I should not to be really? boring I think who is Ant-Man it's then? funny Paul actually Rose. Paul oh. Rudd, yeah, 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 he's the main character. But it's a third Ant-Man movie. Like, it's just there's so much of mm, it at the moment yeah. that it's like totally saturated. Uh-huh. You know, at the start it was like, oh, these movies are cool. But now it's like there's one every three or four months and TV shows and all that. So I think it's just beginning to get like, you know, just over yeah, the, the top. Yeah, the well-factor's gone, yeah. Yes, totally. But um, yes, so did go to the cinema. And again, it was like an easy enough watch. But I don't know if we ever talk about the series that you interviewed the main star oh, of yesterday. Yeah, hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> what, what, what? I don't know if we ever spoke about it. Did I? I maybe at the start. It. Did you watch two years it? Ago. Yeah. But um, I did. Yeah, it's it's mental. Yeah. <laughs> So Kelly interviewed the star of Outlander yesterday. So Outlander is a Scottish, uh, well, I don't know Scottish if it's American, American production, yeah. but it's about like Scotland and the story of like, you know, these stones in Scotland. And when you touch them, like something, you can go back into the past mm. and all this stuff. And it's a love story, basically. They're based on novels and like yeah. sexy novels, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, and Kelly interviewed the star yesterday, who is uh, the literal, I would say, star of many a woman's um, <laughs> sexy dream. Yeah, very interesting. <laughs> it's, it's, what's, how do you pronounce his second name? Hugan. Sam Hugan, is it? Sam Hugan. Yeah. So, yeah, it was. Yes, Google him if you don't know what he looks like, people. Yeah. Anyway, I need to hear I about this. I was having the beds my pals last night about it, actually, because I'd mentioned it to Emer and she was like, tell us what happened. <laughs> um, she'd be a bit thirsty about it all. But, um, so, yeah, so Sam is Scottish and Outlander, yeah, is based on this, like, I think it's about a nurse who's played by Katrina Balfe. She's, yes. she's, um, mm, she's lovely. 
she's an Irish actress actually and she uh, she was in Belfast she's fab and she it's 90 at the start as far as I know it's like 1940s and she goes back in time yes post-war she travels back in time Mm. I don't know if she jumps between the two but she definitely travels back in time at the start and falls in love with this Highland warrior Jamie Mm. Jimmy Fraser? Is it Jamie Fraser? Yeah. And yes. um, yeah, yeah, yeah. who is Sam Hewen, mm. our serve. <laughs> Just thinking, I haven't watched in a couple of years and it's like <laughs> bringing it all back. And uh, anyway, it's a series. They've just finished series seven filming and there's one more series. Uh, so they're eight Yeah, they've cancelled it, yeah. I think, now. And yeah. um, anyway, so Sam is, he is like one of these people that he's, he's actually really lovely the host on the podcast we were doing for Scran, it's a food and drink podcast and she's met him before. And the reason we spoke to him before is he brought out a whiskey called Sassenach, which is funny because, you know, the Sassenach is kind of her name. Yeah, exactly. Mm. So, but in Ireland, we say Sassenach is quite a derogatory term in a way, but it's not, it's less so, I think. It it is kind of a derogatory thing in Ireland. Okay, okay. She's the English woman, kind of. Yeah. So, um, Mm. anyway, so he brought out that whiskey. So he was on chat about that a couple of years ago. So, but that was during COVID. So, like, people were just doing Zoom interviews and stuff. So they'd always kind of planned to meet up. So we met him, yeah, in Glasgow yesterday. And he was so nice. And he's, he brought in a bottle of, he's got a new gin coming out. He brought in, like, a bottle of that. It's not even on the market yet. Um, oh, cool. for us to try and um, yeah we just sat down and as a non-gin drinker were you like mm, I poured I poured the gin yeah I was like mm. I was actually talking about mom I, was, I only ever poured gin for my mother and she likes a big measure <laughs> so um, anyway he yeah he was really really nice really down to earth quite funny very relaxed yeah just a really nice guy and very tall oh my god I had my big clubby boots on and I still felt really small in fact he said how tall are you? <laughs> I was like, I'm like five two, five three. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, he was he was lovely. So I I've never watched Outlander. I don't pretend to be a fan, but uh, he just seems like a very nice guy. So there you go. Oh, there are many many fans. I think in America, oh, he said he can't walk down the street in America. Can't walk down the street. He said he said yeah, Glasgow's not too bad. I'd say it's but, funny for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd say it's funny for them because I'd say it's a lot more normal in the UK. Like, it's not a big thing in the UK or Ireland at all. Like, it's on Amazon Prime. You can watch them all. And, like, the first couple of seasons are, whoo, yeah. hot. Yeah. Sex, yeah. a, sex a TV show, I must say. <laughs> you know, it is like, if you if you want to pass the time, um, I would definitely draw it yeah. on. But it gets kind of less so as it goes on and the story's a bit mad. But, like, big money, big production. Like, oh, there's, like, wars yeah. and all this stuff yeah. in it. So I'm not surprised they're he's kind actually, of calling it a, a day. He's actually got a, he's got a film coming out with Celine Dion this summer. So a rom-com. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah he's... Be very, I think I saw a trailer for it yesterday. Yeah. Is it coming out soon? Yeah, I saw a trailer um, for it online the other day. I think it's the summer. Love her or something or something. Yeah, mm-hmm. but um, yeah. So it's on Amazon Prime. I would definitely check it out. Now there is a couple of things that I would just say about it. There's a lot of rape in oh, it God. in the first few seasons. Raping yeah, because I suppose it's when the time yeah. of it is. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like whatever it was. Like, and there is also a scene towards the end of the second season I've never seen anything so graphic on a TV show in my life it's male rape in a prison and it is disturbing like You're after serious? that I actually I remember I, I was watching it with my friend Elaine 
it's very heavy the first few seasons it's it's still like a love story mm-hmm. but it's very heavy I remember seeing to my friend Lynn I was like um, I've just watched this episode and I don't think I sh- anyone else should ever watch oh god oh god <laughs> like it's okay. yeah it was mental so other than that maybe skip the end of mm. season two and on to season three and then you'll be mm-hmm. fine because like it doesn't add that much to the storyline mm-hmm. but it was um it's a very it I enjoyed the first four seasons I went after it then but like it's one of those things that I probably would go back yeah. to again but so that's our TV of the week is so, telling everyone yeah, yeah, yeah. anybody here who uh, it's funny as well he's been touted wants a bit of a, he's been touted as a new band mm. as well so who knows might have met the new band at some point yeah, will he be a good band because I feel like sometimes they're better off going with a quieter mm. character and somebody who's really not fa- really super in famous. like our line yeah. of sight yeah, yeah. yes and yeah, he's yeah. he's so, very um, athletic build mm. and stuff and he's um He's actually really oh, down to earth, nice guy, you know, and uh, not to give away too much about the podcast because everybody should listen to it. But we ask him, like, who are the three people you t- you'd bring to a dinner party or you'd have at your dinner party, uh, which is a really boring question. But um, anyway, and uh, he said, who do you say? He said Barack Obama for he needed a good talker. And then he said he doesn't really he's not a great sh- cook. So he said um, Tony Singh, who's a hilarious uh, Scottish chef. And then he said he's makeup artist. Because she like makes the party, Aww. she keeps the party going all night long. So, and he's, she's like his best Aww, friend. That's really cute. And I was like, oh yeah, he really, Aww. and he just came out with all that, you know. So it was really nice. But um, yeah, he seems like a good guy. So there you go, Outlander. But um, I have a photograph with him, but I'm not allowed to put it up until the podcast comes out. <laughs> so I can't put it. Oh yeah. I can't put Didn't it. None of you look great. I'll be honest. I saw the picture. <laughs> photograph. And you know, because, it's a terrible you know why? Because photo. a man took the picture. That's why a man took it. Yeah, it's, it's really terrible. <laughs> I actually cropped that. I look six months pregnant in it. You should see the full version. It's just nutty. You look like yourself. It's like it's, oh, there's like a shiny. line in your face. They'd like to see for the cameras, and that's why we're extra uh, yeah, shiny. And, oh god! I mean, he doesn't even look that good in that picture. To switch it, but anyway, <laughs> no, he's better. Than yeah, he is better. Honestly, than look, watch him in Jamie and Outlander, mm-hmm. and you will. Oh, you won't think twice. Yeah, there you, go. <laughs> you wouldn't think twice. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, bottom line, yeah, he was fab. He was fab. So it was very nice. Um. So yeah, that was that. So yes, I know I've kind of handed it over to you this week, but Outlander is good. I would definitely recommend it. And if you're happy to throw it on, like I said, it's on Amazon Prime, so you've got all the seasons on there. I think it's, yeah, eight, season eight is the last one and seven is just out now. So they'll have another year of it and then that'll be, that'll call it a which is probably for the best because like it is mad. It goes mental. Like it's all about back in time to the future and back again and all that. But it's a lovely love story. So Mm. it's all filmed in Scotland as well, you know, which is amazing. They've got loads of sound um, stages and stuff here, huge sound stages. Just where they film it all. Man, so. that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's Star. You know, that company Star. Stars. So they always kind of make stuff like mm-hmm. that that's a bit like sexy. Fantasy, you know, isn't it? Like, fantasy and in inverted commas. Yes, yeah. pure fantasy mm-hmm. kind of stuff. But it's like Braveheart, mm. but like sexy literature for yeah, Braveheart. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. I, I keep thinking of that. What was that, what was that <laughs> book years ago with the guy with the long hair? Fabio. Yes, that's was it exactly. Fabio? Yes, Fabio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like soft porn for women, uh, soft porn literature. Hidden shoulders. It's totally, uh, Jesus, it's, there's nothing soft about the first few seasons, I tell you that. Jesus Christ. You, there's nothing left to the imagination. Okay, lads, and where can we find that again, Nicola? Amazon Prime. Good, 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 good. Hard recommend. <laughs> Hard recommend for some soft viewing. Oh, Lord. <laughs> okay, moving along. God, get myself into trouble here. It's a... Right, number three. 
brief. <laughs> Fox of the Week actually is very brief this week, but it's a, I think it's an interesting story. Um, it's this, I just came across this in a kind of list of um, interesting Irish women. This woman called Esther Etty Steinberg. Um, so she was one of the only few Irish Jews killed in the Holocaust in the Second World War. She was born um, on the 11th of January 1914 in Hungary. Um, but the family moved to Dublin uh, 10 years later and her family, included her six siblings, lived at 28 Raymond Street near the South Circular Road in Dublin. And she went to St. Catherine's School and her she worked as a seamstress where she met and married a Belgian man and they moved to Antwerp. Um, but this is around the time that the tensions were rising in Europe and the Nazis were kind of moving towards them. So they decided to move to France and they were in Paris and their son Leon was born. Um, and they continued to flee the approaching Germans and eventually succeeded in gaining visas to Northern Ireland um, arranged by the Steinberg family in Dublin. However, the papers arrived a day too late and the family were rounded up and put oh. on a train to Auschwitz where Steinberg, her husband and her son were murdered. Clearly aware of what danger there was, Steinberg wrote a postcard to her family and threw it from the train. Uh, it read that we did not find bread, but we found destruction. Um a stranger found the postcard and posted it. They arrived on the 4th of September 1942 and it's believed they were immediately executed. A memorial to her is at a secondary school, uh, at her secondary school in Malahide in Dublin, as well as the Irish Jewish Museum in Portobello. Uh, in June 2022, a Stolperstein memorial was placed outside her primary school on Donora Avenue, along with similar markings for her husband's son and three other Irish Jews executed in the Holocaust. It's not something we hear about very much, is it? The Irish. No, it's strange, but also like what a tiny, tiny number, yeah. you know, considering. Well, I don't know what the Jewish population of Ireland is. Like, it's obviously very small, yeah. but still it's well, very interesting. because we were neutral and the Nazis was... never got as far as Ireland, I suppose. Yes. You know? it's, it's funny yeah, that true. more Jews didn't come to Ireland fleeing the war. But I suppose it, yeah. that involved boats and it was probably not a safe time to get in a boat, was it? You know, so. Um, yeah. So, yeah, her name was Esther Etty Steinberg. So there you go. Um, oh, interesting. Cool. Over to you, Nick. Number four. Four. My number four this week, I don't think I spoke about it before, but excuse me if I have, because my pregnancy brain is a real thing and I literally forget what I did last week. So huh. it's um, a Twitter Twitter account called um, Horror for Kids. Did no. I ever talk about it before? No. Did you ever hear me talk about it? But, but it's not actual horror. So what it is, is it's actually, and it's literally at horror, the number four, kids, K-I-D-S. Okay. Um, but what it is, is basically stuff that like we would have seen as kids in the 90s and mm. that, that are now like terrifying, <laughs> you know. All right, yeah. Yes, yeah. very inappropriate, stuff like that. So like the one they have actually today, which is a funny one, and I always remember it being so dark when we were kids, was... Do you remember the hunchback in Notre Dame? Mm. Did you ever watch mm. it? That that scene where it's like the hellfire, you know, it's like hellfire, blah, blah, blah. And it's a whole song. And it's about like how Esmeralda is going to hell, like because of her ways mm. and all mm. this stuff. Mm. And like, it's mm. so fucking dark. Yeah. And then there's lots of other things like just. Bambi's mom. Um, and Sean, like that is such a, and like yeah, watership down. Stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
Yes, lots of stuff mm. like that. There's also a thing where like there they had one there from yesterday where it was like a storyboard of like a horror, like a dream that Woody is supposed to have in Toy Story. And it is so disturbing. And they were going to include it in the movie. Like <laughs> there's lots of stuff like that where it's a total it's flashback funny. to the past, like pure 90s it's stuff. It's funny you know? you're talking about that as well, because did you hear the stuff about the Roald Dahl books this week? Yes. Similar thing. So, yeah, I mean, well... I mean, yeah, I don't know. Like, obviously, I don't think it's a scary thing. It's more about rewriting it so it's more politically mm, correct, yeah, like yeah, not yeah. calling kids fat or something. Mind you, the witches is quite scary, wasn't the job it? Job titles. Yeah. Very scary, but like changing some of the some titles of, of people's jobs yeah. and stuff. It's fucking stupid. Really stupid. It's like one step forward, two steps back. Totally, like, but, totally. um, but it's lots of stuff like that. So I find it really interesting. And lots of like interviews with like kids from movies we would watch when we were kids, like Terminator 2, you know, that kid from that mm. and stuff like that. And like, it's just a lot of really scary James stuff that we Furlan? watched as kids that we totally James absorbed. The guy in Terminator. Uh, Furlan. Something Furlong. God, everyone was obsessed with him when we were... Ed- Edward, Edward Furlong. Edward yeah, Furlong. Yeah, I guess. Um, so, but there's a lot of stuff like that or just like clips from movies we watch when we were mm. kids that now it's like this is Bits so of the Dark Crystal terrifying. were very what scary the weren't they like very yeah. scary the skeksis yeah. and all that was really scary and, um, lots of stuff we watched when we were kids do you remember really Return <laughs> to Oz some of that was really scary yeah that was very dark the as chicken well. yeah they were going around laying with, eggs with the and hands as the rollerblades and, and mad stuff yeah. oh yeah anyway <laughs> And the guys with the rollerblades for hands yeah. and stuff, and they were going around on their wheels. Yeah. That was, they were fucking creepy yeah. as well. So it's lots of stuff like that. So it's great for nostalgia mm, purposes, mm, you know, mm. because, and like they had a clip of like, you know, the, the very end of dinosaurs when like it's basically oh, yeah. the, you know, Big Bang or the whatever. Was the and they're dying. Yeah. They're, they're all about to yeah. die and they run Ice out of food age, in the house and oh, everything so, else. Yeah, that stuff is like so that. sad. Very sad. Yeah, dinosaurs, not the yeah, mama, that really one. And yeah, oh God, it's yes, devastating. Yeah, yeah. But I suppose. Really, really sad. I guess that's, yeah. maybe that taught people about the environment I don't know did it fucking just traumatized people five years yeah. ago and we're still here yeah. like so um, but very very good for nostalgia purposes it's a big tick for okay. me I really enjoy it um, it brings up kind of totally random stuff that you're like oh Jesus I haven't thought about that for 20 yeah. years you know Absolutely. so yeah so that's the follow for the cool. week horror for horror kids horror for kids and swear nice one uh, number five so in music news this week, I just love to talk about a spat. You know that, Nicholas. So Liam Gallagher has responded <laughs> to the 1975 frontman Matty Healy calling for an Oasis reunion who he told to grow up and reform. In a recent interview with Q with Tom Power, a radio show aired by the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation, Healy discussed interband tensions in the 1975 and how they overcome them by being silly, turning his attention towards bands that get so serious about something that's, in his view, not that complicated. He said, what are Oasis doing can you imagine being in potentially right now still the coolest band in the world and not doing it because you're mad with your brother? Healy said that he could handle Liam and Noel dressing like they're in their 20s and being in their 50s, but not acting like they're in their 20s. They need to grow up. Now Gallagher has responded to a fan on Twitter who asked him about the comments and possibility of a reunion, posing the question, Matty Healy says you're wasting your time and you should stop being like children. What do you think? Liam then bluntly responded, it's our time to waste. Who made him the boss of time? 
<laughs> Healy's recent comments over races continued with the front man saying they're men of the people and they're sat around in like Little Venice and Highgate crying over an argument with their brother <laughs> grow up headline Glastonbury have a good time have a laugh he added there's not one kid not one person going to a high flying birds gig or a Liam Gallagher gig that would not rather be at an Oasis gig he said totally absolutely do me a favour get back together stop messing around that's my public service announcement for today speculation surrounding Oasis who split up in 2009 began last month with Liam claiming that Noel had been on the phone begging for forgiveness the day before. Noel had given an interview saying he would never say never about the band reuniting, despite him saying in October last year that there would be no point to it, given the band sells as many records now as they did when they were active. There you go. Matty, Matty. Like, it is one sense, I have to say that, like, they fucking stick to their guns, don't they? They have stuck to their but guns. But there is these cracks showing now, you over. see. There's the cracks are showing. Yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see a tour in the next few years. Although if we Can do... Can you imagine the mania? Oh my the God. Mania. I, I'm trying to get tickets. I actually feel, I feel like my blood pressure rising as we talk Stress. about it. <laughs> like the, t- the scramble for tickets will be insane oh they could my do God. like they could do 10 yeah. nights in london 10 nights in scotland they no problem oh, yeah. 10 nights in dublin like they'd fill yeah. whatever you know but what they'd probably do is like an ebworth again and that would be it <laughs> you know yes true but yeah. anyway what were you about to say about matthew healy oh he's an he's, healy, a knob. he's really i used to like the 1975 but i just think he's such a he's just He's kind of a serious persona. Yeah, There's he, a lot of stuff about him. trying to grab like, headlines you know, and like snogging fans in the middle of concerts and fans robbing and himself stuff, on stage yeah. and stupid shit. Like, I think he's just trying to be controversial controversial True. rather than being actually controversial. You know what I mean? But anyway, yeah, my kind of respect mm-hmm. for him is kind of a bit down the pen. But um, hey, ho. So we're nearly out of time, Nicholas. So we better say thanks to everybody for listening and come back again thanks, next everybody. week. And we're actually getting to see each other next we week, which is lovely. Week. So yeah. Um, but we'll Gracious. talk to the listeners then and be good to each other as Jerry Springer would say uh, thanks what's everybody what's my Jerry Springer say again be good to yourselves and each other or be good to each other and yourself can't remember I just looked that up alright <laughs> cheers for listening everyone love you bye love you bye